Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Talked a lot of brewers in the first hour of the program. We are glad you are with us. Uh, the question that was posed to me, and I never really did give an honest answer, uh, I guess. And I, I, I should. I was called out on it during the break. Uh, but I posted it on both Facebook uh, over on the fan page and on Twitter. Uh, there is a poll question and a Q&A over on Facebook, poll question on Twitter. But within the next three years, are the Brewers closer to a World Series appearance or a rebuild? A World Series appearance or a rebuild? And a lot of people on Facebook seem to say they thought they could get to the World Series this year. But after the trade, it seems like the team's kind of fallen apart. Um, and, and I would tend to agree with that. I think you still have the opportunity in this offseason. I really believe this. In this offseason, uh, I don't, by the way, I don't think they're going to a World Series this year. And I don't think I'm throwing a bucket of cold water on anybody's optimism at this point. Because I think you're you're probably there already if you haven't realized that. You know, Marcus says uh, they're closer to being a merely a 500 ball club. Uh, Aaron said the rebuild started a couple of weeks ago, and it goes on from there. There's so many more people. Um, Carmelo says, hell, I think they're getting ready to leave town, which that's not going to happen anytime soon. But if I had to choose because of what happened with Josh Hader and the fact that they basically said, we'll take prospects, and a couple of dudes, and we're going to get the most we can and call it a day because they didn't want to pay him. Or maybe they, I shouldn't say didn't want to. They'd love to keep him. They couldn't afford to keep him. That was a gut punch. As a fan, that was a gut punch. Because they paid, I'm not saying that they don't have money. They paid Christian Yelich, and Christian Yelich is a wild disappointment. And if Christian Yelich stays on this path again this season, he's a complete bust. And now I really start to question the numbers that he put up, to be quite honest with you. So I would say they're probably closer to a rebuild because you've got a terrific pitching staff and you've had the opportunity to really go for it. And instead you do it, you have to do it cautiously. And we're also sitting here looking at the Dodgers as the best team in baseball who are spending Double what the Brewers are. Double what the Brewers are. And in the inequities in baseball, sometimes you got to look at it and go, either you catch lightning in a bottle or you're always chasing. So you're probably closer to a rebuild, unfortunately. So to answer your question. But uh, the poll question's up. All you got to do is find it. Uh, 43 votes are in. 90.7 of you say rebuild. 90.7% of you say rebuild so far. But that's the poll question. So there you go. Uh, we've got some news in the world of football, uh, just an FYI. Uh, a couple of different things. Uh, the Packers are making some roster moves. Their roster stands now at 84, and the Packers have uh, room for one more addition. The Packers have released linebacker Ellis Brooks. He was the undrafted rookie from Penn State, they uh, they let him go. And uh, in addition to that, uh, the Packers also, which is a little bit surprising, not a lot, but a little bit, 
They let go of Dominic Daphne, the running back B.J. Taylor, and the offensive lineman George Moore. So that plus Brooks, they're down to now 84, which means they can bring somebody back if they choose to do so. But Dominic Daphne, I thought uh, he might make the squad, but the fact that Robert Tanya has come back and looked good, uh, you know, it, it says a lot. So they didn't really need him. And uh, I know he was a bubble guy. We talked about that with Mike Clemens not that long ago about whether or not Dominic Daphne was was long for this world. And sure enough, um, you know, the Packers have, have made that decision. So you got Josiah DeGuara, who's that guy. They still have Sal Canella, uh, Nate Becker, um, Tyler Davis, and uh, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, and such. But uh, Josiah Aguara, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, and Tanyan back being healthy, those are the three guys most likely going to be your, your, quote, tight end, so to speak. So there you go. Bill, I, I really can't believe they released Baylor. He was the guy that caught that 60-yard swing pass from Danny Etling. Well, uh, you, you hope that, uh, you know, he just didn't run fast enough during that swing pass. Or maybe because if Etling has let him... If he let him further down the field and he could have scored instead of having to wait for the ball, then maybe yeah. he would be on the team. One of yep. those deals. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, he is now gone as well. So there you go. Um, Chad says, by the way, Yelich would have been better to underhand balls from the outfield. He can't hit or even throw. I, that I saw last night, you know, and the term noodle arm came up. Christian Yelich, he was never a detriment in the outfield. He was never he, – he never had this cannon of an arm, okay? I'm never going to say that he did. But he looked more the part. Now, either he has really bad back issues that we're just not privy to or something else has gone on here. He looks just – he's kind of like a shell of himself as to what, what he once was from years gone by. I I I, I would agree. I would agree. I, I just I don't um I don't get the the I mean I understand you go through an injury, you come through with a little bit of a drop off, but man, the average has fallen. He's now sitting what at like two fifty, something like that. Um in it just it, it's it's just been bad. It's just been bad. Like over twenty five in his last twenty five plate appearances. Um, what seven eight strikeouts? Only two three walks. Just there's nothing there. No big power. None of that. None of that's really happening. So it, it's just it's it's really disappointing. And Ben, are you now sitting there still contemplating the fifteen home run level for Christian Yelich? Oh, it's over. I was going to issue an, an official statement once he got done with that. I, yeah, the bet's over. It's not happening. And, There's and no even, way he's going to get the 15. I would go as far as to say I, I was a big proponent of moving him to the leadoff spot, and it worked for a given amount of time. He hit 286 in uh, July and, and looked pretty solid. Since right. August has come around, just has not found anything. I It's time to move him down. I, he, he can't go this. over 12 against the Cardinals in a big series. He did this last year where he did that streak in the middle of July, got hot, and everybody said, oh, he's back. And then he tailed off 
second week of August, just like this year, and and had, and really kind of blue cheese ever since. Christian Yelich, since 2019, where he hit 44 home runs in one season, he hit 80 home runs in two seasons. 80. 80 home runs. Since then, he's hit 29 home runs in three years. Something happened. He got the contract, had the knee injury. After that, nothing. He was a 7.1 and a 7.6 war player. Now he's a 1.8 war player. I mean, you know, you go back to... 2014, he was 3.6, 3.5 in 2015, 5.3 in 16, 3.9 in 17, 7.6 in 18, 7.1 in 19, 0.1 in 2020, 1.3 in 2021, 1.8 in 2022. It's awful. He's awful. This is... This, if this is the way it stays for the remainder of the season, he is in a fielder's choice, Jeff Supon. I'm not saying it was a wrong deal because at the time you needed to sign him and it was a great thing and a shot in the arm for the organization. But Christian Yelich, not the organization, Christian Yelich has failed this organization miserably, miserably. Just has. Then you look, you're right. Worst contract, Yelich or, or friend, uh, Tatis Jr. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. One Talk guy, about a, that, a breaking news story when I was sitting in a bar last week. Almost spit my beer out on that one. It was my last four minutes on air for the week, and Jeff Passan dropped it as I was signing off. And, you know, I was getting excited to go out and not be on radio anymore. It's it's one of those deals. It's one player that's been on the field constantly and can't play well. And one terrific player who's such an idiot off the field that he can't even get back on it. I don't know right. which is worse. I, I and I'm getting this uh, via email right now. I've got it from two different people and a couple, a couple of different comments is that the belief is that Yelich got his contract via some kind of substance, had true tremendous seasons, got the money, and the reason, again, like Ryan Braun took less money was because the numbers were juiced, he got his money, now you don't take the juice anymore, and you're back to being an average ball player. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, okay? I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But in, in baseball, in baseball, there's always that perception becoming reality because – Unless players do it consistently, you get better each and every year to where you hit your apex and you just continually play well. Even if you have a drop-off, you go from 44 home runs down to 35 or 32. That's one thing. You go from 44 to 10, 44 to 8, come on, man. Eyebrows are raised. And you cannot point the finger at a Brewers fan or a baseball fan and say, no, you're wrong. You got no proof. You got no proof. You're right. But we've seen over and over and over and over again, guys come on, play extremely well, get the contract, raise an eyebrow because they're doing things they've never done before, and then all of a sudden, the minute they get the money, right into the crapper. Right into the crapper. 
So and I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just simply saying perception becomes reality in many people's minds. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, we're going to hear from the uh, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, as his team just took the practice field against the New Orleans Saints. That's coming up. It's, it's, a, it's a great discussion, but it's a lot of speculation when it comes to Christian Yelich and what's going on there. And I'm not saying that the Brewers are losing because of Christian Yelich. That's not what I'm saying either. He's a part of the problem. There's no doubt about it. When you have a, a terrific middle of uh, July, only to see it completely tail off to nothingness over as it continues to mount, I mean, you know, come on. And you're not even going to approach, unless you go on some kind of a binge, you're not even going to approach 15 home runs. That's a disgrace. This whole thing about launch angle and, and velo- exit velocity, you know what it is? Take your butt, go to the bathroom, take all those statistics, and you know what to do with it because it's crap. It all It's all crap. I don't want to hear about it anymore. He's got the highest contact launch exit velocity rate of any. Shut up. He's still 0 for 25. And in the biggest series when you need him the most, nothing. Stop it. That's the reason the sabermetrics and all the different numbers that people want to throw at you, that's fine. You can tweak them any way you want, but it is what it is. Wins, results simply aren't there. Uh, This portion of the program brought to you by, uh, by the way, I I failed to mention our friends at Buzzard Billy's. Um, When I was was talking about all the different, uh, you know, sponsors we have regarding the... uh, um, regarding the motorcycle ride. And uh, I got a nice note from Carl who said, hey, if you're coming out to lacrosse, go to Buzzard Billy's. We'll see you over there. Uh, I will be there. It's most likely going to be tomorrow evening at some point. I'm going to stop in real quick on my way back uh, to uh, the Milwaukee area. But I love going in. They got pepper jack cheese bites, and I love those things. So I go in there, and I usually get those. They've got some really good poutine, too. Oh, that's, that's awesome stuff. The poutine, so good. Uh, but usually they've got a blackened shrimp salad that I'll go in there and I'll grab that, eat light. They do have some really good pastas and such and traditional kind of Cajun Creole dinners. But for the most part, that's that's my go-to is when I go into Buzzard Billy's and I get myself uh, a margarita. But I'm going to stop by there tomorrow and say hi to the staff and the management. So uh, I encourage you, Buzzard Billy's in La Crosse, great place. And they do a lot of good things. And the Starlight Lounge, which is right upstairs. You can go upstairs and visit that as well. But I'll be doing that tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Packers in a joint practice today up in Green Bay. Badgers come out yesterday at number 18 in the country. Uh, Talking about it all, uh, covering both the Badgers. And today up in Green Bay, as the locker rooms are getting ready to open up here shortly, our buddy Zach Heilprin, sports director for WOZN out in Madison, joining us on the hotline. So let's start in Green Bay first, Zach, uh, and the fact that the Packers had the joint practice today. I saw earlier the uh, defensive front for the Packers was playing really well against the offensive front of the Saints. Jordan Love threw a pick today. What else was exciting news in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, it was heavy, heavy, heavy defensive uh, advantage today, Bill. I mean, I, I, and Matt LaFleur said it was going to be, you know, the, the way that they had this structured, it was going to be fa- favoring the defense. And, yeah, the Packers defense was all over the quarterbacks in the backfield, both uh, Andy Dalton and Ian Book. Uh, no Jameis Winston today for – New Orleans, but uh, yeah, the Packers DBs 
Rasul Douglas got his hands on a couple balls. I mean, there, there was, it's fun. I, I love these type of practices. You know, it's, it's fine. You know, second team offense versus first team defense is, is fine for much training camp. But when you get the good on good from both two, two different teams, and especially when it's uh, some high level uh, players like Russell Douglas and Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes and Adrian Amos going against Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry, it's a, it's a really fun couple, uh, couple periods. So Dominic Daphne, one of the more notable names, cut loose today. Packers get under the uh, the number that they needed to be at uh, this afternoon. So any, there's no shock there that Daphne was gone. We knew he was on the bubble to begin with. The only way he would still be around is if Robert Tanya wasn't going to be able to go anyway, right? Yeah, I think the the activation Robert Tanya kind of spelled the end for for Dominic Daphne. I mean, he's dealt with injuries. Like he he just recently came back. He missed a bunch of time, and when you've got uh, you know, pretty healthy competition at that spot up and down. You think Robert Tunyon's going to be your one at some point, but past that, you know, there's there's a lot of unknown there, and, and Dominic Daphne just wasn't able to stay on the field. So, yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't think anybody was caught off guard by that. So what else uh, with these practices, I think, are the Packers trying to get out of it? I think they value these practices almost as much, if not more, than what they do, say, a preseason game because you can get more work in, you can get more looks. Uh, all the talk is about Jordan Love. I know he threw the pick today, but, you know, again, we hear about the footwork and how great he looks, and he's got command and confidence, and yet in the game, he didn't have the best of footwork, and he did throw the one errant football. Otherwise, the other two picks weren't really his fault, but he didn't look great. So give me your thoughts there. Let's start there. Yeah, I know I know that there's a lot of people that, that didn't think he looked very good. I, I kind of was going to that game thinking, what does he look like, you know, confidence-wise? What does he look like in the huddle? What does he do? Uh, can he lead some scoring drives? And he did that. And, again, I, it, playing with so many backups like he was, it's, it's not, uh, you know, just a straight um, evaluation. It's, you have to at least uh, factor some other things in. So I, I thought he looked fine today. It was really, really tough. So they were at, at opposite ends here, Bill. Like the, the offense was on one end of the field, defense was on the other end of the field. I was kind of focused on defense today. But, you know, looking at Jordan Love, he did throw a touchdown as well. Uh, there were there were some, you know, nice plays towards the, the end of practice for him. I, I just – I think it's uh, – it, practices like today are fine. I, I think maybe we get some more uh, information about him with uh, Friday's game against the Saints. But you mentioned in what, what do you gain from these type of practices. I think to be able to get the exact type of look that you're looking for for your offense to face, like you, you can script this so that the opposite defense knows, exa- you know, is going to give you the look that you're looking for in that situation, allows you to practice it. I think that's the greatest benefit um, of these practices, and you know, for Jordan Love, that's important too. I know they've been moving guys around on the offensive line. Elton Jenkins being back, they have everything just about set. Give me your thoughts on I, – I know Mike Clemens' report said that they might be eyeballing Bakhtiari for a comeback. Do you, th- do you see that happening? Uh, it feels close for him. Now, it, it kind of feel, has felt like close for him for the past year. Uh, I think that's kind of what people have been uh, hoping, that it was going to be close. Uh, we'll see. I will say uh, today, a lot of Zach Tom at right tackle. Um, and uh, obviously, Royce Newman got that opportunity to start against san francisco and i don't think that uh is situated and, and where does elton jenkins end up is elton jenkins your right tackle uh no one here is willing to say uh i don't think Elton jenkins really knows where that's going to be he's getting work at tackle he's going to work at guard i think it just kind of depends on what your preference is though i, I kind of think Elton jenkins based on the rest of your line based on what you don't really have it at right tackle at this point would be the best option at right tackle if bakhtiari is back 
then maybe Yash Nyman can play right tackle, and then you move Elton Jenkins inside, and you have Bakhtiari at left tackle. Getting Bakhtiari back gives you so many options because you can move Jenkins pretty much wherever you want him. Um, at, at this point, you know, he kind of has to, I, I think, kind of has to be a tackle. But they, they have a lot. I guess they have a few weeks here to decide. Um, I mean, first game isn't until isn't for another three weeks, so they still have some time here to, to figure it all out and get Bakhtiari back. And do you think he needs – do you think he needs game action to be able to put him out there against Minnesota? I, I guess I don't. We saw that last year. He, he looked fine against Detroit uh, outside of, obviously, the injury. So um, I think everyone is, is hopeful that that's close for David Bakhtiari, but until he's actually out there, it's kind of like uh, I have to see it to believe it type of thing. So uh, we're talking with Zach Howerpin, by the way, WOZN, Madison, covering the Badgers and the Packers. So let's talk uh, real quick about the defense. Uh, starting defense on paper looks just completely awesome. We all know that. Uh, give me your concerns, defensively speaking. I think it's the outside linebacking position, the depth yeah. position, even at safety. Those are some of the areas that have more concerns, correct? I think it's a huge – yeah, the, the biggest question, I was talking to some guys out there today, you know, when, when Rashawn Gary got a little nicked up today, he was with the trainers for a little bit, and you just look at what's after that, that's a huge concern. I mean, it's Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and then it's a bunch of guys that don't have a ton of experience. I mean, they, they have some rookies there. I can, and this, you know, we've talked about this. I think me and Ben talked about this. Uh, you know, when when you were gone last week, maybe the new guy, maybe the next, the third guy isn't on your team right now. Maybe it's a guy that's going to get cut from somewhere else, and you're able to add him. I don't know who that would be, but I at least think that's a potential uh, for this for this group. The, the biggest thing was, you know, I think I don't know if they were expecting it or not, but Whitney Merciless decided to retire after last year. I think how good would he look right now as your as your third guy? Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be right. really really nice. They don't have that. So I think potentially looking, uh, you may have to add from somewhere else, or maybe someone pops up here in, in the preseason and shows you that they are ready to play. But I don't think we've seen that to that point, to this point yet. How confident are you in the secondary? Really, really confident uh, when, it, when it comes to the starters. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's not nearly on the same level as the outside linebacker group because you have three, I think, very, very good corners, and you have two safeties that you really, really like in Amos and Savage. And then, you know, there's there's a battle for that uh, that third safety job and, and maybe the battle for the fourth and fifth corner jobs. But um, the, the starting secondary, I think, can play with anybody in the league. And we saw that today. I mean, they, they covered up what I think is a pretty good receiving core with, with Landry and, you know, Michael Thomas and, um, and Chris Olave. It's a really good group. Now, it was Andy Dalton throwing them passes, so it's not necessarily uh, exactly facing uh, Tom Brady or anybody or any of the elite quarterbacks, but I like that group a lot. I, I do. I think it's as good a secondary as they've had in, in a really, really long time. Always good to talk. I know you got to get in there, Zach, uh, because they're going to have an open locker room. Go hang out, and then uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. Sounds good, Bill. Thank you. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Zach Heilprin joining us uh, on the hotline and, uh, and chatting with us just a little bit uh, about what he sees out of this team. Good stuff. Big time. Uh Got a couple of different emails here. This one's from uh, Jason. Jason says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, do you think the outside linebacking core is too thin? Did Goody do it an injustice? No. Here's the thing with where they're thin, okay? And and I think this is something we we, we definitely have to think about. First and foremost, okay, first and foremost, there was only so much money to go around. That's it. There's only so much money to go around. They didn't have a ton of money. So they couldn't go out and buy all this incredible depth. I I don't think they're done bringing people into 
the organization, to be quite honest with you. I, don't, I just don't think so. But they didn't have a ton of depth. So that being said, you, you, didn't, you didn't have like $30 million to go out and buy additional players to add it. You're just hoping that you can find a couple of pieces, a couple of guys that are serviceable. And like many teams throughout the National Football League, you're also hoping – uh, you're hoping beyond hope that guys don't get hurt because if, if you don't have injuries, then pretty much all of your guys are going to be okay and you can rotate guys in. You can give guys a little bit of a breather, but for the most part, you're going to be okay. That's what they're they're hoping for. I mean, like everything, you know, you're, you're hoping that, you know, you stay healthy and or at least you get healthy back again at the right time and stay there, but I, I think that's what they're all hoping for is that they just – remain healthy they don't have to go to their depth very often and they find one or two guys who can fill the bill and then you cross your fingers knock on wood that you don't have mass injuries across say the outside linebacking core you don't have three or four guys that go down because then you're just you're stuck you know then you really got to begin to mix and match and start to try to figure things out and be creative uh, you know and then god forbid you lose a couple of outside linebackers and a safety or two holy crap then then yeah you're really 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 thin Without a doubt. So that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, Ronald says, you're crazy if you don't think Bakhtiari doesn't need some uh, type of reps or practice before the season starts. He is too fragile right now. Uh, that's from Ronald. Ronald, uh, over on the Bud Light live stream, Ronald, I agree. I, I think you need – does he need three preseason games? No. Does he need – quite a bit of practice and then at least a preseason game in my opinion yes the problem is when is he going to be ready that's it that's it It, when is he going to be ready if he's not going to be ready anytime soon then what are you doing you know then what are you doing because i i agree with you i think he's going to need quite a few reps uh just to kind of get his footwork back as much as you want to talk about his strength you need your footwork that's not even getting into the leverage aspect of things, trying to fend off an outside pass like a Bosa, you know, trying to put a Bosa on you and trying to not only have the speed and the agility, but then the strength and the power to be able to move a guy like Bosa. I mean, it's, it's some of it's just going to be you're going to have to go kind of relearn it all over again. And I think we know that, too. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Jason says, sure does look good to see Taysom Hill come out of a Green Bay locker room. I hated it when they got rid of him. T- Taysom Hill. What is Taysom Hill, Ben? Uh, a exceptional all-world special teamer. He's a gadget guy. I mean, I, I get it. I made kind of a joke earlier about maybe being as good as Jordan Love, and that was more of a slap at Jordan Love than it was Taysom Hill. But he, he's even when he had the chance to be a starting quarterback, he was good. He was serviceable. He wasn't great. Right? People act like they got rid of Joe Montana. That Brett Favre slipped through their fingers, you know, that he went on – to be the Atlanta Falcons version going to the New Orleans Saints from the Green Bay Packers version of, of Brett Favre. No. I mean, it's good that he's made a career. He's found a niche. And he was used in a way that set him up the best for success. But he was not going to be that here in Green Bay. And I, I don't know why there's – I'm glad there's a love affair. Obviously, being a guy that, you know, 
was drafted and thought a long shot at best to ever make an NFL roster. He's found the niche, but I just I I I don't get the oh my god I can't believe they let him go portion of the story. He's been a good now. Could Mike McCarthy have used him in, in say gadget situation? Sure, he could have. Sure, he could have. They didn't want to use him that way. But it's not like they let go of a guy that, you know, is the next Hall of Famer. So that's not it. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you are looking for Italian food on the west side of Milwaukee in the Waukesha area, Albanese's Roadhouse, they had some bocce ball going on last night, got it going on again tonight and throughout the week. Stop in and tell Joey we said hi uh, with the meatball hoagie, which is awesome. Uh, or lasagna and many of the different dishes they have. Plus, it's just good, good people, really good people. Albanese's Roadhouse, you can stop next door to Dominic's and go into the sports bar aspect of things, play a few games, shoot a little pool, have a beverage. But uh, either way, good stuff. Bocce ball on the outside, game room on the inside, great food in the restaurant. That's the trifecta. That is Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mound Road next to Menard. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.